Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast. And for the intro today, we've got a very special guest, Ellie Crow. It's, it's me and a pheasant. You just missed <laughs> oh, the, yeah, pheasant the pheasant flying over my house. So Cambridgeshire, that's um, what I said. Yeah, Mr. Samson is so Cambridgeshire. Oh, darling. Yes. But no pheasants so, in Liverpool. Only joking around. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we've got a special guest because we were slightly different. We wanted to have um, a good old chat about some very fun things we've got coming. But this today's episode is going to be dedicated to radical responsibility because it's just such a huge part of the journey um, in being ready to make this change to, to being alcohol free or, or or change your relationship with alcohol. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna spend the whole episode having a, a good um, chat about that. But before we do, we want to talk about something special. So yes, hopefully you listened to last week's episode as a precursor for readiness for uh, on readiness for change as a yeah. precursor for radical responsibility. The reason I'm here right now is we have a wonderful group of people in the present and sober podcast. Facebook group which is a little private community and we're loving the conversation in there and having lots of special little events for those people and one of the special things about being in that group is or being a listener of the podcast actually is that you get first access to different things that we're doing so Sam and I just want to give you a heads up about some groups that are coming up uh, for us individually in October in the event that there may be something that you're interested in, in your journey where you're at right now. So you guys get first dibs mm. on these types of things as they come up. So Sam, what's your group? Tell us about it. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> God, excuse me. I'm, I really want to try and build kind of like, that we were chatting earlier, weren't we, like an ecosystem. So my so the whole idea behind my group is that, you know, over 12 weeks, we're going to move into a place of being, you know, having the foundations there and being truly free from alcohol so we can grow into that space. Um, you know, building that bridge, you know, where a lot of us feel like, oh, I can't drink, like I'm not allowed to, you know, these things keep happening to me and like ending at this place of like, oh, I don't have to drink anymore. I don't want to drink or I've got, you know, control of my life again. Um and I like to do that through, you know, like much of stuff, both of me and Ellie, like we really believe in the stuff we talk about in the podcast, the mind work and the body work. So there'll be a lot of that going on. There'll be content that drips out to help us move through all of the beliefs, all of the beliefs that we need to shift, unlearn all of the like the like the faulty, perhaps faulty or like untrue beliefs that we hold about alcohol and how to like rebuild a belief system that serves us. Um, and, you know, get to this point where we get to redefine who we are without alcohol, you know, and actually like figure out who we are like figure out who we want to be without this thing and the whole way through you know there are there are sessions that are dedicated to coaching on on the beliefs and then there are other sessions that are sort of uh, more to do with like building habits and and building like these positive things that we need to do to move forwards um yep a little facebook group and all sorts of stuff that, that comes together so loads of support loads of touch points it's more like an ecosystem that's how i like to think of it um and yeah we're going to work over 12 weeks to get to that place so i'd love to have you come and reach out and book a call with me just for a chat and figure out if we're uh, if it's the right thing 
Exciting stuff. <laughs> Sam. Well, my group's a bit different from Sam's in so much as I'm, I'm rerunning a group that I've run a couple of times already this year, which has been massively successful for anybody that has a little bit of alcohol-free time under their belt. So this is suitable for you if you have had a an amount of time alcohol-free. So if you've perhaps done the alcohol experiment or the live alcohol experiment, you have 30-ish days alcohol-free and you may have found it easier than you thought it was going to be to take that break. You mm. may be surprised at how good you feel. You may not necessarily want to stop drinking forever, but you just kind of like where you are, are, are at right now and want to continue on. But with that continuing on, it's like, well, how, how, how do you do that? How do you do that when Christmas, the C word, Christmas isn't too far away? How do you do your first Christmas alcohol free? How do you do your first works do or your first girls night out or wedding or birthday or whatever alcohol free? So the purpose of the group is two things. One, it's to help you navigate those firsts with people that are like-minded people that are in exactly the same situation as you. And secondly, it's to help you deal with the different things that come up as a result of going alcohol-free. So for instance, when I uh, removed alcohol, a lot of stuff started bubbling up from my childhood and the unprocessed grief from the death of my father and so on. These, these sorts of things we've been suppressing for a long time. So inevitably they come to the surface and it can feel a little unsettling, particularly if you don't have a support network around you. So the group is there to do those two things. It's a lovely, it's a very small group. So uh, we're talking about five to six people. And so it's a very close knit group. You get very, very deep quickly with that group um, there's lots of being vulnerable but it feels really really good the top thing that people when I've asked people that have done the group and have said what did they get out of it the top thing that they got out of it was that they were able to have conversations with people openly and feeling very very safe in having those conversations that they couldn't have with anybody else in their life not their partner their family their friends so it provides a really, really special space. It's high touch from a coaching perspective because there are only five to six people. And the super bonus with this group coming up in October is it's not just me. You get the wonderful me and the wonderful Mary Davenport, who is one of my fellow This Naked Mind coaches. She's currently coaching in the live alcohol experiment. And uh, we're really, really good friends too. We've run uh, groups together before and it just works perfectly. So you get two, this Naked Mind coaches for the price of one, which is fantastic. So if you are interested in either my group or Sam's group, DM us, send us a message through the Facebook group. Um, there's going to be a link in the show notes, yeah. I think, to book a call with either of us. If you're not sure, but you just want to find out a bit more, just give us a call and we can Current talk to you chat. about it. Sam and I will never take somebody into a group. Part of the reason we have calls and uh, uh, like I call mine an application call. I want to make sure that you're the right fit. Yeah. And, and, and that works both ways. So we don't want to bring anybody into a program, whether it's one-to-one -one coaching or group coaching, if it's not suitable for you. If it's not suitable for you, or we don't feel the fit's quite right, we can signpost you to other things. We can help you um, with, you know, giving you some direction of where else you might want to look or different things that you might That's want it. to consider. So you're going to get, you know, something really positive from, from those calls, whatever. Um, exactly. 
so yeah i mean amazing i think two really different offers there you know um i think possibly if you feel like you're kind of launching the rocket like you know my group is there if you're someone who's having a lot of you know day ones you know we talk about this and and what they mean and actually reframing and and having the skills to move through cravings and and all these things Mm. um then then my group is there it's fantastic and if you sort of feel a little bit like you're in orbit and you want to maintain that and you want to like you know really then then you know ellie's group is there for you so you know and come and talk to us it may very well be that if you talk to ellie and or talk to me and we're like well actually we think you might be better served by you know this is why we're doing this we'll we'll just direct you to the right place and have a good chat exactly no thank you for saying that because it's the, the point about the orbit and maintaining that is the the more reps that you have the further you go, the vantage point looks very, very different. So you can, Megan Brooks, who was one of our guests early on, go back and listen to her episode if you haven't, because it was fantastic. She's also, in fact, she was one of my first group um, coaching clients. So you get a really good feel of her experience because when she did the live alcohol experiment, she wasn't sure what she wanted to do, but then she liked it and she wanted to maintain and the further you get, like with my, if you've already got 30 days and then you spend three months with me, you're going to be way beyond 100 days alcohol-free. Mm. And that looks, that's a very different vantage point. It looks very, very different from 30 days. And wherever you are, if you're there and you want to go into Ellie's group or if you're at the bit and you think to yourself, like, I just keep hitting the wall, like I just need mm. to figure this out and you want to come into mine, both of those groups are going to basically carry you up until Christmas. So yes. you're either going to have like your first alcohol free Christmas, you know, through through me or like a or, or on your terms, Christmas on your terms. You're figuring out, yes. you know, what's possible for you in either one mm-hmm. of our groups, just from a slightly different angle. So cool, Ellie. I think that's basically I think we've said uh, a really nice had a nice insight into what we're going to do there. And we're both so stoked and excited about these. Yeah. Like I, you know, there's so many things they grow and evolve every time we do them and they become like something different. And like, you know, we they're always like an evolution. Um, which is why our offerings are different because we know that different things serve people at different stages. Mm. And if you're not unsure, come talk to us, as we said. All right, cool. I'm just going to click stop because otherwise we'll get confused and we'll do what I always do and I'll start waffling about a load of stuff that actually we shouldn't be waffling about. (laughs) Bloody pheasants. Right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Tuesday, the best day of the week. When you are treated to another episode of the present and sober podcast with me ellie crow and sam goldfinch we are talking today this is a bit of a a two-parter this is part two ish of the previous episode you need to go back and listen to the previous episode if you haven't so in the previous episode we talked about readiness for change and these are the three things that need to be present as a precursor for change. So where we are attempting to change a habit, doesn't have to be alcohol, but changing a habit of some kind, what are the three things that must be in place for change to take place? So we talked about this in the pre- previous episode. If you haven't listened, go and listen. Tune in. It, it was a goodie and there's a story about a pigeon uh, with an umbrella, which was cute. It was a winner. Um, and, uh, and, we, whilst we talked about what the three things are, we really focused heavily on the first two and we wanted to save the space to have a wider conversation about the last, the third and last thing. And the third and last thing within readiness for change is that you have to believe that it is your responsibility and solely your responsibility to change. 
So it's a big subject, but certainly my own experience, it's been the thing that's made the most difference for me throughout my life where I've taken responsibility as opposed to um, shied, you know, if you've, if, if I've ever shied away from taking responsibility or if I've ever found myself blaming circumstance or somebody else, that, that energy does not feel good and it does not propel you forward. Where I've taken responsibility in my life, even when it doesn't feel like I should, here I go, shoulding, even when it, it's, it doesn't feel like I should take responsibility, where I have taken responsibility, that's a very empowering position. And that's where um, I have made the biggest difference in my own life. And certainly removing myself from being the subject matter where I'm talking about other people in the coaching realm, where I see people, and if you want to talk about um, degrees of success, and by success, I mean success to the individual. So whatever measure the individual is placing on success, which may be being alcohol-free, but it may be something else. The people that I see that are successful with their own goals are the people that take responsibility. And the people that struggle are the people that are in that blaming circumstance and other things in their life, external things. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about this because it's a big subject and this whole theme of, we, well, I like to call it radical responsibility because it is, it is, it is so big. So we thought that we would dedicate this episode to that. So as I've said, if you haven't listened to the first one, listen to the first one because it kind of frames this idea of readiness for change. And then today's going to be this deep dive into radical responsibility. Yeah. So deep dive. Here we go. I think there's kind of a bit of a paradox here. And I think that's sometimes what keeps people stuck. It's this idea that if I accept responsibility, then implied within that is like, I'm going to condone someone's behavior or I'm going to yes. accept this fact, this fact that is just too much for me to to take. The fact that this person was an asshole or they were, you know, whatever it was, it's like, okay. It's like, no, taking responsibility is not the same this is radical responsibility and it's not the same as saying, okay, I, you know, I now condone that person's action or that this mm -hmm. awful thing that happened to me, um, you know, or reducing any of your struggles. It's not about that, right? Mm. This is about if you continue to say that is the reason why I can't move forwards or that is the reason why I am stuck in place, you are not empowering yourself to move forward in the way that you want to. And you know, there's so many different frames for this, but with alcohol, it's like, no, it's not your fault that you became to an addicted. It's not your fault that you became addicted to an addictive substance. However, it is your responsibility to own that fact if you want to change it. Mm. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's not wrong the way that we market alcohol. It doesn't mean that you haven't had awful things that happen to you in your life, right? Many, many of us have. It's not that it's not that it's different to that this is about just yeah i don't know there's it's there's almost there's something that words that don't quite do justice to what it means mm. but I, i've tried to explain it in the best way that i can there i think yeah and and that that statement is really powerful that it's not your fault 
but it's your responsibility. I love what you said there because Laura McCowan's stuff there, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you don't follow Laura McCowan and you don't know of her, certainly check, like check out her. She's got a book called we are the luckiest. She's got a wonderful backstory. Um, and she, she has lots and lots of different offerings, including a fantastic, I'm just devouring her podcast at the moment. I absolutely love it. Um, her podcast is tell me something true. So go check that out. But yeah, this, it, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Um, and hopefully on the other end, that's like, like it, that just feels so natural to me now. So hopefully it's landing at the, at the other end with people that may be hearing that for the first time. Um, as you say, you're not condoning other things. You're not like, it's not about judgment. It's not, it's about, what do you really want and how do you really want to feel? Mm-hmm. Um, because like, I know I have this whole streak of justice that gets me into a lot of trouble and has done throughout my life. It's not fair. That's not right. Never noticed that before. <laughs> does, it still po- does it still poke through every now and again? Every now and again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that can be, and, and, and we joke, but it's important to be aware of these things because they can be so limiting. When I find myself in that space, I can sense that the energy around that isn't isn't always helpful. Like I'm not saying it's not not a good thing. Like I I need to integrate it and harness it and use it for good. And there is a gift. There's gift in everything, but where it's limiting, um, and, and whatever your own Achilles heel is, identify it and call yourself out on it or have someone you love call call you out on it so that you can prevent it from standing in your way of taking responsibility and yeah and another really important side to this is if you notice yourself looking for others to save you have a look at that because if you're entering into, well, I mean, this is salient. For example, if you're entering entering into a coaching relationship, yeah. for example, if you're entering into a coaching relationship and the idea that this person's going to have the perfect how-to and they are going to save me, that is not the alchemy that is required. This is about having people around you that up-level you, right? That mm. awaken the power that you have to change. And there's real, real power in that because if if you want someone else to save you and if they do it once in your head, then you also allot all of that to them. Yes. And there's yeah. not that's not the most powerful place to be. That's not where you want to be. Where you want to be is this person lit a fire in my belly and they have shot. I think Annie talks about, you know, the the coach is the bow and the, and the client is the arrow, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, kind yeah. of like, yeah. and you're being launched by that person, but it's not their responsibility to launch you. There's this mm-hmm. kind of strange paradox here again. A very, very good coach will often not say much and yet be the catalyst for insane amounts of change. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's a really important thing to realize is that you, yeah, it's, this is, that's the other part of it no one else is going to save you absolutely so you have everything you need within you everything and what a coach will do is help you to find it and help you to find it faster than you would um yes on on your own i will 
said, and I remember one of the very first conversations I had with one of my very first clients was I could, I had this sense of them wanting me to serve them. And I had to say, look, your result is your own. It's not mine. So again, coming back to this point about success, whatever you define your goal as and success as, if you achieve it, that's down to you. And if you don't, that's down to you. So you can pay me um, the big bucks, but it's it's down to you. But the success is down to you. If you don't achieve what you want, that that's down to you too. It's your it's your responsibility. It's not. It's so important to not take somebody on in a coaching relationship where there is a dependency on you because it is just an absolute recipe for disaster. So going back to when we talked about readiness for change, one of the first things that we're doing as a coach is assessing somebody's readiness for change using these three measures. Um, Because if somebody is looking for somebody to save them, nobody's going to save you. You're going to save yourself. One of the most wonderful, I'm quite visual. So one of the most wonderful um, pictures that I have of of this to try and illustrate it is this is from one of Annie's staff. So there's a great, great guy at, um, at the snake of mind. And he, uh, I think Annie was talking about this idea, this concept. And he said, well, it's like a boat, isn't it? Said, what, what, do you, what do you mean? It's like a boat. And he said, well, he said, you're the person that kind of, you point, you point the client to where the boat is and you show them the boat. Um, or you, you know, you're the boat that they get into, and then they have to paddle it. They, they have to, you know, they, they can see the distant shore they want to get to. The boats, the, the boat can help them get there, but they have, they have to get into it. They have to physically get into the boat. They have to get pick up the oar, and they have to paddle the boat. So, I really like that because it, it kind of, it's a bit like your bow and arrow. Yeah. And, it, and, and it's interesting. It's like, the, you know, teach someone to fish versus like feeding them a fish, you know, feed them for a day versus feed them for a lifetime. And, and I think if I'm going to go and get coaching now, which I often do, like it's um, a really important part of my life. One thing that will instantly really, um, what's the word? Like if that I'm not wary of, but like I'm, I'm very aware of is that if I'm talking to somebody and they basically start telling me all the ways that they're going to fix it for me and all the ways that they're going to tell me this and they're going to give me this advice and they know this because they've done this. And it's like, okay, but you're not me. (laughs) Mm. And we all have these different stories, don't we? So um, go on. I asked you before, what was the other awesome thing that you said that we have to cover previously? The awesome thing that I said, I said lots of awesome things. Mm. Um, I think it was when, so I was talking about, yes, it has to, it has to be your, responsibility and you have to believe it's your responsibility nobody else's but you also have to be doing it for yourself that's it so we we ask people what's your why so why are you seeking to make whatever the change is and the change that usually people have a list of lots and lots of different things Um, sometimes people will rank their things sometimes there's one biggie and some smallies sometimes there's just one biggie or sometimes they're kind of all interlinked so what I'm not saying is that, you know, like I, for me, I 
certainly why I want one of the reasons why I wanted to change my relationship with alcohol was I wanted to I wanted to model a better way of living to my children and I wanted to when I understood the science of how alcohol works and how much it was taking away from me and how much it was taking me away from my family I wanted to be more present for my family uh, so what I'm not saying is that family friends relationships loved ones like it's not that they don't come into play at all but you are not solely trying to make a change for somebody else so you are not changing your relationship with alcohol because your partner's threatened to leave you if you don't if you see what I mean yeah that that was the awesome thing that I said <laughs> yeah, it is so true because if you yeah exactly and and one of the reasons why that is really uh, just to keep it on theme is that it's you're not taking you're not at a point where you want to take responsibility if that's the case right so that's that's exactly. a huge huge thing um and yeah i think it's very very natural for us to want to help the people around us we absolutely want to you know um but we all have to come to these things at our own pace and at our right time and i would say earlier you know earlier we were saying about readiness for change like um if you've found your way to that place and you're saying and you're saying to yourself am i ready for this then you know the very question is is amazing because beneath it is the kind of knowing that this mm. is the time to ask that question but you can't force somebody into the readiness to ask the question you'll just mm. get you get kicked back and it's really hard it's really really hard especially if for example we've got a, a spouse that drinks or you know a partner that drinks and we dearly want them to change but the most powerful thing that we can do in order to help them get to a place of wanting to take true responsibility for what's going on, if they can't see it, is to just be the person that we always wanted to be, you know, to, to talk to them without words and for them to see that it's totally possible to live this incredible life. Um, and, you know, then they will move to that place in their own time. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough that. Mm. Yeah, and what you're talking about there is it is very difficult for people. Um, and it can feel... Uh, it's, it, it's interesting because it can, it, can, it can feel so... It can, it can cause a lot of conflict on both sides, right? Yeah. So um, the intention... Intention is everything, but it's... Uh, it, I've just... I, I've seen that that will in a relationship really cause problems. And you know, the best advice I can give to anybody that's kind of sitting in a space where they want to help somebody make a change or they, they, they see a change that they will in somebody, the best thing that they can do is influence, from them, influence them from afar, be a space for them yeah. and... Um, just utterly put compassion first, uh, compassion and understanding, and know that their their journey is not your own. Everybody's experience is very, very different, and you are more likely to get the result that you want with somebody if you allow them the space to explore it. Like if you try and cajole somebody or 
pressure somebody, it just, you know, I mean, that can backfire terribly. That's it. And, and take ownership for what's working. This is interesting to reflect on because I think it can be really easy to start saying, oh, well, this is making, you know, this person's behavior is making my, my journey more difficult or my life more difficult. But oh, however true that feels, it's like, okay, well, but where, okay, so where am I taking responsibility here? Where am I not taking responsibility here? Can be a really, really powerful journal prompts in in times yeah. like this as well, because it can really give you clear clarity. Actually, so anybody who wants to, you know, work with this, that 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 question of where am I not taking responsibility for my life, and just let it flow and see what comes out, um, and be brutally honest, can be really really powerful because ultimately anywhere where you're where you feel like you're not doing that then you're you're disempowering yourself to some extent mm. um but yeah this is i mean i think this is probably in that uh, this this topic of like you know be, be it a friend or a partner or a spouse or somebody who's drinking and we've stopped is definitely a topic for another podcast because it's a really it's a it's a big thing to cover and i think a lot of people have this experience oh, yeah. um but the first thing you can do the first thing that you know you should I always do or could always think about doing is basically you know asking yourself again and keep renewing if you're somebody who does take radical responsibility um make it a practice to review <laughs> i think that's a really powerful thing to do is to ask yourself you know am i you know that that journal prompt every every couple of months or something um because we peel back the layers of what we we can see that we're taking responsibility for or not and where we're kind of giving our power away yeah, and it requires radical honesty too, because yeah. we can often lie to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pull pull the wall over our own eyes. So yeah, being radically honest with yourself about your radical responsibility. Um, it again, it comes the, it comes back to this discomfort bit. Like it, it can feel it can feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. when uh, we are starting to question ourselves but if you are willing to question yourself and question everything then that just opens up so much possibility uh, you are going to be in a very closed off space if you always believe you know I'm I'm right and everything that I'm doing is right and I'm you, you really need to um, challenge yourself in that way I think I think it's really important yeah and, and it's and it's really i mean i it's really really hard isn't it we hear terms like you know victim mentality and these kinds of words being used and i think people can be quite um uh sometimes hurt by these i you know they kind of like if, if people say that oh you're just just playing the victim or whatever it can be quite affronting um and i think there's there's two sides to this because this is an overwhelming message of the radical responsibility thing is all about loving yourself enough to yes, accept the yeah. things you need to accept and if there are parts of you that are resistant that are flaring up even if you're listening to this conversation and there's anything that's flared up yeah i would ask you to to see that as an invitation to ask, well, are there parts of my life possibly that where I'm not doing this thing? Because it's a force, like it's radical. It's kind of like it has an energy behind it. It cuts through, but sometimes the most loving things we can do for ourselves and others is not always talk with the most loving voice. Mm. So when we say to ourselves, dude, like, where are you giving your power away? 
where are you not where are you refusing to accept this and blaming it on other people yeah because the moment you blame somebody else you instantly say i have no power over this mm. you say it's it's their fault i have no control the moment you say okay they might be being an asshole but i do have the power to change this this and this suddenly you're back in your power it's an instant switch it's just mm. like that um so yeah if it is affronting, if you are sat with a coach or a friend or with someone, or if the journal prompt is scary, lean in and write it down because that will be transformative what you write on that piece of paper. Mm. Um, and the more you can do it, the more you will realize that walking through the fire in that way is just crazy powerful. Mm. Mm. I, th I feel like I've come across broadly two types of people with this. So, so this, I always remember a coach saying very, when I was in the alcohol experiment as a participant, I remember a coach um, saying that this is about you and you, like that's it, it's about you and you. And I think there are some people that are very comfortable, very comfortable. There are some people that, are, that, that can go there readily. And there are some people that simply can't it's like you say, it's, it's, just a, uh, it's too affronting or it's too uncomfortable, too unknown. Uh, and, and certainly what I learned by removing alcohol is like, I, I was very, very, very disconnected from myself. And it felt, it felt odd and it felt indulgent. This, it's, it's about you and you, well, hang on. So, so whilst I would be the kind of person that would, I think, generally take responsibility and I'm very, like I said earlier, driven and determined, there's an element of it feeling like indulgent and uh, I, I just wasn't used to caring for myself in that way. I didn't value myself enough. I didn't, um, I didn't, uh, like I, the whole concept of loving myself like that, that mm. would have just felt so alien to me. Um, and so I can really understand when, like often I'll have people that come to me and it's just really hard for them to be with themselves yeah. and to, to it's, it's not that they don't want to take responsibility. It's just, it's just such a, a different place to play in uh, and so again like in the coaching relationship there it's very much about uh, trying to encourage somebody to feel into the discomfort and and it's wonderful when you see somebody edge into it and then they realize it's not going to kill them and then you see them start to reclaim power and uh, and, and grow like once somebody gets momentum, it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty phenomenal experience, but there can be these big bridges, I think. Oh, sorry, big gaps to bridge. Yeah, and that's why having a go at these practices, seeing what it is that works for you is, is really, really powerful. Like it's for, when you were talking about loving yourself, Ellie, there's a book called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It by a guy called Naval. Uh, Camille, I think his name is Camille Ravikant. I'll have to look. Um, but, but it's interesting that when you start working with like an affirmation or a mantra, like I love myself, um, and it really breaks it down in the book as to like how powerful that is. Um, 
that we instantly get this idea of you know all vanity I love myself like I'm you know it's this kind of like I'm loving my ego when it's like well no actually what's happening is you're inviting the universe to love you back because you're sending you're basically saying um you know I love the piece of me beneath that like I love the like and it's unconditional it's not like I love myself because I'm pretty or I love myself because of this or I love myself that stuff that's got the icky feeling it's like no I love myself full stop I love myself because I am, I exist. Right. And these are the, this is the kind of unconditional love that is, is the, the powerful thing to the really powerful thing to tap into. And that is from framing. So for a lot of people, it's like, if you've, if you're around people that are showing you what that means, that it's showing you that you can say, I love myself. And it doesn't mean that you're a, you know, egotistical knobhead. <laughs> it means, it means that you're like inviting the universe to like send you like you know a hug back um and then that's the thing it's like when you're if you feel like the idea of like radical responsibility if you're there and it's like ah this is heavy this is a lot you know dance on the edge of that a bit and go and look for people and podcasts and books and stuff that are going to help you sort of like navigate that edge because Mm -hmm. you know then you'll start to get comfortable and you'll be you'll be happy dipping your toe over and then you can dip your foot in and then when you're happy to and these days i just bloody jump head first in the pool you know, I had a thing the other day, with, which was to do with like um, helping men meet their emotions, basically. And it was this like, you know, they're kind of like a sacred masculine and like tapping into f- to fear uh, and looking at like the unconscious fear that runs our lives. And the guy's basically like, this is going to be some heavy shit, dude. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> like, let's let's do this. And like, you know. And but there was a time when that would have been like too much. So it's it's yeah. Start where you are. Start where you are, and um, do what makes sense to you. Yeah, and and don't try and guess what's coming next. Don't try and no. prejudge the the trajectory. Um, yeah, don't. Yeah, being yeah. present and just allowing allowing what's coming up at the time. Yeah, that's it. Do you know what? Something maybe to just to reflect on before we. Oh, where are we going? We've, 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 I think I don't know where we are really. I don't know how long we've been chatting. But Eckhart Tolle talks about how, you know, if you catch yourself going, oh, this was at work and this person was this and that person did this to me and all these things are going on and it's so unfair and I resent my job and I don't want to be there. He's kind of like, okay, maybe all of that is true. Maybe all of that is happening, but it's keeping you out of like the present moment. You know, it's keeping you out of just being like, accept it. It's like, okay, so you've got like some choices. Some of them are crazy and some of them make a lot of sense. Choice number one is change it, right? And that is take radical responsibility and change that situation. Choice number two is accept it. So don't change it, but really go inside and accept it. And that implies that all of the kind of like talking about it and the ruminating and everything has to stop. Um, Or choice number three, which is what most of us make a lot of the time, which is don't change it, don't accept it, but, you know, just continue on the path that you're on and nothing, nothing changes, does it? So Mm. I guess that really ties in. Yeah, it does. It does. And and ultimately, this is all about readiness to change. This is about, you know, I'm hopeful that there are lots of people listening to this that have some change that they're hoping to make in their life or that they want to make in their life and that this can be helpful in understanding where they're at and 
what their propensity is to take the next step. So as we said, right up front, if you missed the episode prior to this, please do check it out because we talk about the three things that need to be in place for, um, for readiness for change to be a thing. And today we just wanted to go a little bit deeper into this idea of radical responsibility because like, like most of these things, it's, it breeds it breeds and it feeds into other other things and it felt like a bigger a bigger topic to to tackle 100% and there were no pigeons in this episode there weren't there were no pigeon stories i'll see if i can dig one out for next week <laughs> i like a good pigeon story <laughs> um yeah so have an amazing week um please go and leave us a, a review and all that stuff. Go find us on Apple and, you know, just spread the word and, and, and spread the love. Um, and yeah, and thanks for all the stuff that you do. Thanks for listening. Thanks for, you know, all that stuff. That's cool. Yes. Yeah. We really appreciate you. And we've had some, uh, some interesting requests for, uh, we talked a while ago about layers of belief and we started a series of episodes about the different beliefs that we have specifically to to drinking uh, alcohol related beliefs and we were asking uh, we we, we kind of kicked that off with the most common beliefs that we come across and we were asking you for your specific beliefs that you wanted to hear us cover we've had some interesting requests mm. so there's <laughs> more more to follow but please do keep those coming because it just helps us we, we, there are so many things that we want to talk about in this space but first and foremost we want it to be useful to you to all the wonderful people that are listening so your wishes come first so we can bump bump your um topics to the top of the queue so just uh, keep those messages coming please please cool awesomeness lots of love adios <laughs>